On this episode of the iFilmmaker Podcast, I'm answering your questions on how to follow up on potential leads, how much gear to take to a shoot when a client is being vague, which camera do I prefer, the FX9 or the A7S 3 and when is the economy going to open up again so we can get back to work? Welcome back to another episode of the iFilmmaker Podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. Glad you could join us on this episode. We're going to do some Q&A today. Before we get to that, you'll notice that I took a small sabbatical from social media. So I was nowhere to be found on social media. I deleted the app from my phone, Facebook, Twitter, everything, Instagram. And it was quite refreshing. I got to say, it was very refreshing. I recommend anyone do that. At first, it was tough because I am so used to just grabbing my phone and opening Instagram. I do that so often throughout the day and it was tough. It was like almost like I had nothing to do, but then I was able to focus on my work, which was awesome. So honestly, the only thing that I was able to do on my phone was kind of surf through YouTube, which I did a lot, but social media was not there. I wasn't caring about posting throughout the day. I wasn't caring about, I guess, the amount of likes or or messages that I would get. It was quite refreshing. It really, really was. And I've been back now for about a week. I like that now it's not really a priority to make sure that I am constantly checking Instagram, constantly thinking about posting all the time, or even looking at the likes. It's something that bogs us down all the time and it really messes with our mentality in terms of the work and the things that we're putting out there. I think that it's important that we take a step back and realize that our work is our work and we have to be proud of it no matter what a bunch of other people that just don't know you think of it, you know? So I think that that's really good to to be able to do that and spend more time with your friends and family that are are actually in front of you. So I think that that was very refreshing for me. I recommend you guys give that a try. But now that I'm back, let's answer some questions, shall we? I posted a Q&A over on Instagram for the iFilmmaker podcast. If you're not following, make sure you're following. It's at iFilmmaker podcast. That is over on Instagram. Let's answer some questions here. How do I properly follow up with potential leads? So that is a really good question. Most of the time when I get a potential lead, whether it's a form of a phone conversation that I receive a phone call or an email, someone just inquiring about production, video production services. So I follow up with another email. So I have pre-drafted an email, sort of a follow-up email when a a client basically reaches out to me and I have a pre-drafted here on my notes. I literally just copy and paste it over to the um, to the email that I am kind of composing at the moment. And obviously I change a lot of things. I change, I make sure I change the name. I change the dates. I change, sometimes I change my title. So oftentimes you'll see I'll go by filmmaker or cinematographer. But if my potential lead is specifically asking, hey, I'm looking for a videographer. You know what? I'm calling myself a videographer for this email. It's not going to hurt you. It's for the customer that kind of you want that customer to relate to you. When they think of videographer, that's how they know it. Then let them think of you as a videographer. It doesn't matter. They're the ones paying. So 
you'll change your title for that email. So I'll call myself a videographer. I see that you're seeking a videographer. You're doing a sit down interview, et cetera. When they inquire, sometimes they'll have a lot of information in that initial email that is more than enough to give them a proper quote, right? But sometimes it's very vague what they're asking for. You know, they're looking for a videographer to cover an event. Okay, what kind of event is it? Is it a conference? Is it a competition? Is, you know, how many people are going to be there? What exactly will I be recording? Will there be guest speakers? Does anybody need to have a lab? Do I need to connect to a soundboard? There's a ton of questions that you're going to want to ask initially. So you want to make sure that you're getting all that information. So normally my emails will sound something like, hi, George, I'll be more than happy to assist you with, you know, your, your production. I just have a few more questions that I would need to ask so I can really fine tune a proper production estimate for your project, you know, something like that, something along those lines. And that would be my first initial follow-up. And obviously I'll go ahead and list all of the questions that I have in mind and that I would like for them to answer. And then, you know, toward the end of the that list, and, and I really don't get into like specifics in terms of camera specs or anything like that. I just want to get a general overview of their project. And then we take it from there. In terms of emails regarding like, for example, Production Hub, on Production Hub, we get, you know, if you're on Production Hub or Staff Me Up or any of these other directories, you know, you'll get leads that you're matched up to according to, you know, the, the categories that you have your name under or your company under. And you'll start getting leads based on projects that people are posting on those platforms. And sometimes those, they don't know you. So you kind of have to do some, uh, an initial introduction and let them know that you're available for their project. So a company posts a lead saying, Hey, we're looking for a cinematographer that can shoot an interview for us on this day, on this time and this place, et cetera, et cetera. Then a follow-up lead. Again, I have another email in my notes that I just copy and paste. And again, I change the name, I change dates, I change a lot of specifics in there, but basically I don't have to start from scratch every single time. So an email like that from me, when I'm following up on a, on a match, a lead that I'm matched to, sounds something like, <clears throat> hi, George, my name is Ariel Martinez. I'm an experienced in this case, cinematographer in Miami. I'm inquiring about your production needs for Tuesday, April 23rd. I am able and willing to meet your needs for your shoot, including all, uh, all the necessary equipment. Sometimes the client will ask specifically in the, in the post uh, a specific camera, whether it's the FS7, FX9, whatever it is, sometimes they don't. But if they ask for a specific camera or any specific piece of gear, which sometimes they do, you want to make sure that you're letting them know off the bat, I have the gear that you're looking for. So, you know, I can provide equipment like the Sony FX9 as you requested. Additionally, I can provide you all with, you know, all the personnel needed to get your job done at a high professional level. Please see my work below for quality references. So that's where I list off just the pieces of work. Like I have a list here of about five or six jobs that I've done or videos that I've done that I'm particularly proud of. And I want them to see that so that they can reference the quality of how I shoot of what they're going to be receiving from me. Under that, I'll add more work can be found on my website. And right there, I'll put my website. Sometimes they request a, a gear list or sometimes they request like, uh, let us know what kind of gear you guys have. So I'll have a list of gear here. 
if I copy and paste the whole thing, but they didn't request for a whole gear list, then I don't put that. I don't want to give them more work to do in terms of reading my entire qualifications. If they're not looking for gear, I don't put gear. And oftentimes they'll say, please reply back with your rates. So I'll have my rates here as well that they can read. More actually, more specifically, um, I actually started doing a rate card. So I don't do this here anymore. I just attach a PDF that I created that has my rate card and basically has all my prices, everything top to bottom. And then if they want to see a full list of my equipment, I have a line at the very bottom says, uh, please see a full list of all my gear at arielmartinez.tv slash gear, which on my website, I have a list of not a list, just a bunch of pictures of everything that I own. So yeah, hope that helps anybody. <laughs> so our next question how do I determine how much gear to take if the client is vague about it? Whew, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So clients will sometimes request that you go and shoot something, right? Like an interview. You already know more or less what you'll need for an interview, but that's where you got to ask questions. You have to ask questions from your clients. What are you expecting? That's such an important question because so many times I've, I, I'll admit I've gotten lazy and I don't ask more questions. And then my client is receiving far less than what they were expecting. Now I feel horrible. I hate taking money from clients and they're not getting what they wanted or what they expected, put it that way. So I have to ask questions. You have to ask questions. It's rare that a client gets upset because you're asking so many questions. You want to make sure that you absolutely know what your client is expecting so that they're not disappointed when you give them less than expected than what they, because if you talk about that and you say, all right, so I'm giving you an interview. Not only do you have your client tell you what they want, you repeat what they just told you. So they just told you that they wanted an interview. They want some B-roll shots, maybe go outside, get them playing with their dog, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll follow up with, so what you're expecting is an interview, a full interview with all these questions that you're going to send me. I'm going to get some B-roll of them in the kitchen, some B-roll playing with their kids and then B-roll outside playing with a dog. Bam. That's it. Let list that up and get to work. You know how to do all that stuff. Are you going to need a slider? Honestly, that's up to you. Sometimes clients get specific. They'll say, hey, we want slider shots. And that's not the case often. But personally, for me, I just go handheld absolutely everything unless they specifically request something else. I usually just go handheld. So that's kind of how I determine the gear that I need. In terms of lighting, again, they were not specific. I wouldn't go crazy, crazy. Get good lighting. Make sure you light that interview but sometimes like for me i i tend to kind of take more gear than what i need and i kind of kill myself for a job that kind of doesn't call for all the gear that i take sometimes and i'll admit that but it's more for me than it is for my client so that's there's that but yeah it is a lot of gear all right next question what camera do you prefer fx9 or a7s3 i noticed you had both Ugh. So I, I, I posted on, on Instagram my cameras that I'm playing with, and I posted some samples of the fast, super fast autofocus for both cameras, essentially. And then I received a question on the comment saying, which one do you prefer? And I said, look, it's like choosing between your kids. I don't have kids, but I can imagine nobody chooses between their kids. Everybody loves their kids in their own unique way. I love both cameras in their own unique way. I love the versatility, the, see, because they're both so versatile. 
and put it this way i was going to say the s7s3 but the fx9 is equally as versatile like it's just incredible i i, I love the autofocus on both cameras is literally the the bee's knees for me like that is like my gosh mind-blowing is a game changer from for my work especially as a handheld shooter where i now don't have to have my hand on the lens anymore racking focus the the autofocus is just that damn good so i i love that about both of them definitely the fx9 built-in nds is a huge plus even xlrs i'm able to get xlrs in a7s3 with that k3m i think the audio unit that comes not that comes with it but the that sony provides that you can purchase separately that's useful i have xlrs there so it's really they're both unique in their own different ways you know a7s3 i take you know nice pictures with so there's that both cameras are, are just so damn good i can't choose from one, either one of them and they both match up really really well all right, I'm going to do one more question and then I got to get back to work. When do you think the economy is going to open again so we can get back to work? I think it's been opening slowly, but surely I don't think there's going to be one day that the economy is just going to say, boom, we're open. Everybody get back to work. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen gradually. A lot of people have been saying that things are not going back to normal. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I'm not sure. But I do know that businesses are definitely changing their models, their business models, their business structures. I think that there's going to be more opportunities. Let let me put different opportunities for filmmakers and videographers out there to, to provide services. A lot of businesses have now really adapted to working from home. So maybe you can show an entire business let alone a single employee or CEO, an entire business, how to set up a nice Zoom conference call setup, you know, and they're going to want to have that kind of stuff. Um, you can go and and I've had a lot of my friends from church that own businesses. Now they're getting into video. So now I have to go in and show them all how to set up a, a nice video format, like how to set up their office space or whatever to to kind of produce video content for their business they want to get on youtube and start doing some tips and tricks and all that stuff so i have to go show them you know obviously i'm not charging my friends or anything like that but that's a service that you can provide for a business could be a consultation service charge your normal rate consider this when trying to quote that i know it feels a bit icky to just go over there and tell them what to do it's weird because we're not built for that us videographers filmmakers and whatnot we're not built to just go and tell people what to do. We're built to do it ourselves. But, you know, when somebody asks you, can you teach me how to do this? I want to hire you to consult us and whatnot. Charge a regular rate, you know, charge a half day rate, charge a full day rate. Do not charge hourly rate because what's going to happen is you're going to go over there, sit with them for about an hour or two, give them all the information they're looking for, and they're not going to call you back again. That's what's going to happen. So there's just a side note. If somebody's a business or whatever wants you to go over there and consult them on how to produce sort of how to make their videos and whatnot. What I would do is charge them either a full day rate or a, a half day rate, depending on how long you plan to be with them and have them pay you a down payment because what's going to happen again, you're going to, and I know this cause I did this. Uh, you're going to sit with them for about an hour or two. You're going to give them all the information they need. And I know I'm being repetitive, but this is going to happen. They're not going to call you back. They're not going to ask you to come back in. So charge them a half day or full day rate because that's what is worth your time. You're teaching them, you're teaching them how to make money. 
So anyways, that stuff is valuable. So that's just one of the many different opportunities that you can have. You know, live streaming is huge right now. Notice that all the video capture cards are like sold out, or at least they were not too long ago. And video streaming services, all that stuff is, is, is going. You can see that. So get into live streaming, learn that so you can offer it to a client. But anyways, to answer, to go back to your question, I think the economy has been opening little by little and people have been getting back to work. So just keep an eye out for for those businesses that are back in action. And, you know, I have several clients that are still closed down and I have several clients that have already opened up again and are back at work. So make sure that you keep an eye out for businesses like those. Thanks for coming in for these Q&A questions. I really appreciate you guys. And we'll be back with another episode very, very soon. I don't like taking such long breaks from the podcast, but uh, we'll be back very, very soon. And thank you guys for listening once again to the iFilmmaker podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. I will see you on the next episode.